This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nasty Woman Club. We are back here with Season 6 of the podcast. For those of you that are new listeners to the Nasty Woman Club podcast, I am the founder of TNWC, Demi Lynch. And yes, essentially every Friday, I interview an inspiring person with an inspiring story, and we talk about the world of intersectional feminism. It's been great having a break, but I am so happy to be back in your ears, back to blabbering away, back to ranting, all that fun and joy. And yeah, I'm in my wardrobe again. My cat is not in here for once, not disturbing me. I filled her belly up with lots of food, so hopefully she doesn't try to like dig at the door anytime soon. Fingers crossed. And yeah, I really cannot wait to show you this interview to kick off season six of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. Anyway, you are here to listen to my incredible interview, and that is with Hilda Atlanta. Now, Hilda identifies as they, and Hilda lives in the Netherlands, and they have created this incredible, incredible platform called the Volva Gallery. So for those of you unaware, essentially what is the Volva Gallery? All across the world, people with vulvas send in pictures to Hilda for Hilda to draw. And it's people across the gender spectrum. So people all across the world share stories about their vulvas and their stories of embarrassment and frustration or love, admiration, and also their experiences of what their vulva has endured. Like, it's truly, truly, truly incredible. And I think it's so great what Hilda is doing Not only that, but they have also released a book about vulva diversity and also a card game as well. Like, they are just amazing. So I just had to, had to have them on the podcast because as someone myself that has a vulva, I wish I had something like the vulva gallery to look at when I was younger. God, it would have helped me when I was younger. I had some real issues with my vulva when I was younger. So... I remember when I first started having sex at about 16, I would be obsessive, obsessive with shaving my vulva to the point that it would bleed whenever we had any type of sex. So what I mean as in, I would shave it probably twice a week and there would just be bumps covered all over it. Like, you know, like, you know, when you cut yourself, whether you're shaving any part of your body, you cut yourself and then there's like a bump and it's just red at the very tip. And if you touch it or like put a lot of pressure on it, it just gets really red and very um, irritated and can even bleed more. That's what I used to do. So then when I would have sex, then I'd have all these bumps all across my vulva and they'd all be red. They'd all be bleeding. And I used to think, oh my god, it's so disgusting. My vulva, it's practically red. It just didn't click to me. Um, It's because you're shaving it to death. That is why. So I just wish I had something like the vulva gallery to look at and realize that it's okay to have a little bit of pubic hair. It's okay to just let your pubes grow out, God forbid, a week. 
So that is why this page really connected with me because not only that, I've had other issues as well with my vulva that I've not felt comfortable enough throughout my years. And I know many people out there that have vulvas have probably felt the same, have probably had moments where they just think, am I normal? Is this gross what's happening right now? Are people going to be disgusted if they look at this vulva? So anyway, I'm going to quit the talking. I'm going to go to the interview with the incredible, amazing Hilda Atlanta. All right. Well, Hilda, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. You are all the way in the Netherlands right now. Is that correct? Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I'm in Amsterdam, the, the main city, like the, what's, what's it called? The capital. Capital. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so far away. It just feels, everything feels so crazy right now with COVID right now, but like at least we can all connect with that somehow, which is always good. But yes, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And I firstly would love to get into your background of sex education, because that, that's what you mainly do nowadays. You talk about sex education. So I'm really curious, when you did sex education as a teenager, what was that like? Because I don't know, like, I don't know, like if in Amsterdam, like things like it was it conservative, like they wouldn't mention, God forbid, the word vagina or, or, <laughs> or, or, or you know, they'll, they'll say that a vulva is a vagina. That's a whole other story. Like, what was your sex education experience like? Um, so my sex education, oh, that's such a good question. I think, um, it wasn't in Amsterdam, by the way, but, uh, in, in a small village in the South and it was, uh, I can't remember much of it, but I do remember that it was mainly focused like around how to not get pregnant, how to not get SCIs, how a condom works, how the reproductive organs work. And probably also a little bit of like how to like, talk about sex and enjoy yourself a little bit so that was like already pretty progressive I think but um yeah that, that, that was kind of it so the word vagina was definitely spoken out loud but I'm not sure if the word vulva was explained like for me the word vulva just came like later on I learned that oh that's actually a, just a different part so yeah I think yeah in school sex education wasn't that great it wasn't too bad either I mean if you uh, compared to other countries, um, I, I I think I cannot complain, but that's perhaps you know always in comparison. There's a there's a worse place mm. to find. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So, what made you want to then deep dive further into sex education? Was it just due to you know general curiosity, like you know when you're in your late teenage years, early twenties, you know, you actively then seek out more information yourself, or was it more research wise into like the project that the vulva gallery has become yeah to be honest um i didn't study sex education i (laughs) i studied classical piano like i'm actually a concert pianist um or at least i'm educated to be one but then i decided i wanted to do something else then i studied psychology at the university here in amsterdam that's when i moved to amsterdam and during that period i got really interested in just yeah I I always was but more like in in like sexuality and like to become perhaps a sex uh, therapist or um, a relationship therapist and when I finished my studies in 2016 I I kind of wasn't really motivated to continue like pursuing that career because it just would take me 10 plus 
years of, of studying and I wanted to do something more practical and I took half a year off and then I started illustrating just for fun, something I loved doing as a kid. And I basically, I just never stopped. So I kind of ended up after half a year drawing Volvo illustrations, started the Volvo gallery. Just, it was just a fun side thing, a side project. It wasn't even intended to become what it is today. So I um, started because I heard about the huge global rise in labiaplasty surgery. So more and more young well, women and girls mainly, at least that's what the research tells. Um, but young people with vulvas are undergoing um, plastic surgery to alter the size of their labia. And I was really astonished to hear that. And that's why I started the vulva gallery to just make sure there is at least some visual representation of diversity out there. Because back then in 2016, when I started, there wasn't really. And it, it kind of uh, evolved organically into what it is today into a more like educational like sex education um, project mm -hmm. um, but yeah that's that's how it how it went <laughs> yeah uh-huh what was that like for you in the beginning stages like because for, for those unaware that are listening to the podcast right now with the vulva gallery you have people send in photos to you of their vulvas and you illustrate them with along with their story which we'll go into later what was it like then in the beginning stages then how did you find people to give you photos of their vulvas when you this was like you know you're the very beginning stages how did that come about yeah so when i started the vulva gallery um the images like the illustrations um it's all watercolor illustrations and i painted like i posted one illustration a day i'm still doing that by the way um yes big congrats on that yeah it's <laughs> that is amazing it's pretty uh it's a pretty like um i'm very um what's the word um um dedicated i think yeah dedicated. <laughs> yeah do you ever have um, days you're just like why did i say i was gonna do this all these years why did i say <laughs> oh definitely yeah, yeah definitely but mm -hmm. i'm i'm very dedicated too so it's just you know i know why i'm doing it so that keeps me going every day yeah um so when i started the illustrations were not yet based on photos like the first couple of months they were all just based on my knowledge of anatomy and just variations on that but then soon i realized well i'm kind of through what i can imagine and i need some you know visual like uh, inspiration so i started looking for imagery online and i also realized that the angle i'm, I'm painting the bulbs is like a, a frontal angle so not like mm. seen from below but as if you're standing in front of a mirror and there's just not so much photographs like available online. It's pretty hard to find like non-sexual, just frontal um, mm. uh, angle photos. Um, but gladly, like after I think nine months, I started uh, receiving emails or DMs from people who said like, oh, I really like the project. And can you like, can I become part of the gallery? And can you paint my vulva? And, I, I thought that was really funny, like, like, like interesting, like really cool and uh, courageous too, that people were just like, oh, I want you to play my vulva. And then I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, what better like uh, imagery is there than just, you know, community members who, who share their like actual um, uh, photo and then also wanted to share their story along with 
uh, their portraits. So th mm. that's kind of how it started. And then I started to do like more like calls for like submissions and the more stories I, I uh, shared, the more people wanted to join in. And at the moment there's like a six month wait list. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's really, it's really wonderful. People from all around the world, just contact me, email me to become part of the gallery. And uh, yeah. Mm. it's crazy how much it's blown up like you have hundreds of thousands of followers and like you said a six-month waiting list for for you to paint people's vulvas like <laughs> who who would have thought like this this would become your your job your career whereas like several years ago you want you were going to be a professional pianist like that's just crazy how that happened yeah if I would have spoken to me like 10 years ago, I would have laughed at myself like, yeah, in 10 years, you will, you will, be, you will be painting uh, vulvas every day. I would be like, wow, sorry, what? <laughs> Come again? <laughs> I mean, sounds cool, but what? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Where's like some of the craziest places like people have sent in? Because what's great about it is that like people can just email you. They don't have to because I know there are some other like um, vulva people that do like photos or, or drawings of vulvas, but they take photos in person, stuff like that. And because you can connect with people so worldwide, because they can just email their own photo. Where's some of the craziest places like people have sent you photos from and you just think, wow, m I actually reached this person with my page. I, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think there's like over 70 countries already involved and what? um i think south korea or taiwan are definitely places i wasn't expecting to reach um russia yeah i mean wow just like the tiny like faroe islands or like you know like the tiny islands like in the in the pacific like just where i wouldn't expect there to be well mm. people that I don't know. I, I was just not expecting people there to live there that are just up for like, you know, vova portraits. Yeah. And also countries that are very like in, in the Middle East countries that are very um, like if you would share your photo, you would, you know, get in big, big trouble. And mm. there's still like in, in my book, uh, Celebration of Vova Diversity, there is one woman from... I think it's Abu Dhabi who said, who wrote like, yeah, if, if anyone discovers this, I'll, I'll go into jail, but I want to share my story. I want to show that, you know, people from my country, like women can be like free. And this is like a literal, like embodiment of my freedom. And I want to fight for that. So that was really, really, really touching um, and inspiring too. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. Another story that definitely, really hit home with me and I think I'll always remember there was someone that said they had just turned 18 and for several years they were considering getting labiaplastic surgery and they said instead of doing that when they turned 18 like they originally planned they decided to send their photo of their vulva to you to draw yeah that was <laughs> that was really oh I got goosebumps reading that email that was ah oh, it was just so good because I know there are so many young girls waiting to turn 18 so that they can have their surgery and some mm. some of them do and some of them discovered the vulva gallery and like this person uh we're like yeah seeing 
all these portraits and reading those stories, I realized I'm actually just, I'm normal. And my vulva is maybe not like picture perfect as I learned it through, you know, the internet, but mine is unique and deserves to be loved too. And instead of having that surgery, I'll just dedicate a beautiful portrait to that. And that was, yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's so beautiful seeing stories like that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And I have to ask as well, um, let me know if you don't want to answer this particular question, but I've noticed in many of the stories, there are many people that are non-binary that are sending in stories about their experiences with their vulvas. As someone, you yourself identify as non-binary, what's that like? talking with people that are non-binary or that are transgender or just anywhere on that on the gender spectrum there what's it like connecting to them and like for that being like you know something so personal to you what's that like for you oh it's great I love talking to people from the LGBTQIA plus community and I realize that you know being non-binary comes in so 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 many variations and being trans Mm. Yeah, everyone just has their own uh, connection to their body and being non-binary trans doesn't mean, uh, doesn't have to mean that you have body dysphoria or that you have like gender dysphoria related to your vulva and um, being intersex has, you know, also many variations and it's just really great to connect to people to, to, um, to speak openly about, yeah, what's your experience and, uh, uh, to hear all these different stories, it's definitely, um, it has reflected well on how I experience my body too. And it's just great to know that there's so many ways to be trans, but there's also so many ways to just be a person and relating to your body. Like your gender identity doesn't even necessarily has to, uh, you know, interfere with that or to, um, um, to, yeah, how can I put it well into words? you get what I want to say? Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I have to ask as well, with some of the stories I've read, it's, they do look at very heavy topics as well. There are some people that say they are sexual assault survivors. And then there's also people speaking about the fact that they've had cancer and just issues like that. How do you make sure then stuff like that, when it's like topics that, you know, very heavy how do you make sure that then, you know, doesn't affect your day-to-day life? Like, you know, you don't think about like, oh, I hope that person is okay. Or what if, like, you know what I mean? Like, how does that not, how do you make sure that doesn't affect your everyday life, your work? Um, that's a really good question. I have to, to say, I, I'm really, really happy that I have a, a background in psychology and I was studying to become a clinical psychologist, uh, like a therapist. If I wouldn't have had that background, I would definitely have, more difficulties dealing with um, big stories like that. And um, most of them don't come with a content warning. And it's just like, well, in my inbox, here is my big life mm. story. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I, by now I'm kind of 
used to that or used to the option of, of opening a story and then reading something really, really big. Um, how do I make sure that it doesn't affect me? Um, I don't, yeah, sometimes it's hard. I mean, yeah. it, it, it can be really touching and it can hit close to home. And uh, at the same time, I realized through all those stories, we're all connected and I'm, I'm always happy to talk to people. And I also realized many people just, you know, also knowing from my own experience, it can just be such a relief to already share your story and being able to um, be that listening ear for someone and being able to um, share their story and, um, and make sure that, you know, it's all done in a way that makes them feel safe and heard and respected. Uh, in the end, that's, that's what it's all about. And, and yeah, it works. It works for me. And uh, in the end, I'm happy to be able to share those stories and give them a platform because they need to be heard. And I think also the more we, we talk about it, the less it becomes like this big tabooy thing. So while it's hard to hear um, big stories like those, it's also just, um, what's the word? It strengthens me in my belief of, you know, what I'm doing and what I'm doing it for and the importance of these stories to be shared. So with everything happening with the Volvo Gallery, you have created, I think, two life-changing products for sex education history honestly you've created the vulva book which is just which is called a celebration of vulva diversity and ah uh, it's just amazing like where was this when i was a teenager <laughs> i was still calling my vulva a vagina i didn't know where the clitoris was like i didn't know anything and yours isn't just like all right here's a graph this is the labels yours is like all right here are all different types of vulvas here's like you know you talk about the smells, the hair, some, like you just every, everything, like things you, people won't even think of, like what made you decide to then do that book? Was that always the aim once you started to get the ball rolling with the Volvo gallery to start a book? Um, from the start, it had, it had like passed, like crossed my mind. Um, it's, it's my first book. So I was not really experienced with like writing a book or publishing a book. Um, but I think after a year and a half of, of uh, running the Volvo Gallery, I started to think like, yeah, well, I mean, it's a great online platform, but you know, a book is something different. Like a book is something you can have in your home, flip through with your kid or flip through when you're a teenager, like curl up like in your bed and like uh, read it. And, and you can like bring it into a classroom or you can put it into the waiting room where, you know, in, in your like gynecology practice or stuff like that. It's, it's um, like the online uh, project is really great, but to have something in your hands and that you, you know you can look at and feel and like flip through it, it's just a whole different experience and i wanted to also expand on what i was already doing on the volvo gallery online and uh so there are chapters that like you know um that i i touch up on things that i uh i didn't do yet on the volvo gallery online and yeah i just wanted to create something that would reach also schools and libraries and uh, just the whole offline world places where there's no internet. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I did. 
<laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I need to get that book. And also, and also, like, find me clitoris stickers. I need them and just like have them all over my house. That's what I need to get. <laughs> oh, those are the best. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then the other, I honestly think this is a life changing product that you've created because it's something that no one would ever think of. You created a card game featuring Volvers that's Go Fish. I yes. love that as well. <laughs> Even though you created that book and like you said, you want it to be something physical that people can bring into, you know, gynecology practices and in schools. Why did you decide to create the game as well? And not just, you know, be an educational game, but, you know, something a bit fun, something a bit light, but still on brand with about talking about Volvo diversity. Yeah. So I, uh, I was uh, just really looking for something fun and joyful and, uh, next to a book that you can read. I also thought, you know, it would be cool to have this game that you can play with friends and, you know, have a good laugh about, but also have like, have this game as a topic starter, like a conversation starter. Uh, you know, if there's like, uh, from the category of, you know, itchy vagina, can I have the yeast infection? Then you can like, <laughs> oh my God, how oh, this is so funny. And we, oh, what did you actually have a yeast infection before? You know, it's like, you can, you can open up a conversation about stuff you wouldn't easily talk about, but also in like, in a family, like you can play with your kids and like talk about, you know, the images you see and like, oh, mom, what's, a, what's, what's menstruation? Like you can, you know, it's like an easy way to approach like these big topics, quote, quote unquote, mm. um, that, that can like for some people not used to talking about this stuff can be like challenging perhaps. And in like the Volvo Quartet game, there's just a little bit of information underneath each like topic. So it's like an easy like way to get into uh yeah sexual health education related to the vulva and vagina and uh i mean and besides that it's just a lot of fun to like collect all these categories of, of funny vulva topics and, and <laughs> have a good laugh about it i love it and yeah it's so you're so true what you say like it starts conversations that like you would you may never have with other people that have vulvas like start conversations about utis and yeast infections and um yeah. bv and everything like that like sometimes people don't know that so many people have had these experiences but we just don't yeah. talk about it yeah no, we never learned to talk about it. No mm. one has ever, like, normal, like, well, I mean, when I was growing up in my family, it was, uh, it was quite normal to talk about these things. But like, once I got older, I realized, well, it wasn't like that for all kids. And yeah, there's so much, like, shame around the vulva and vagina. And we learn from a young age to hide it and to cover it up and to, you know, not, not show it and to not talk about it because it's like dirty. And when you learn all these things, yeah, you definitely become ashamed because everyone always taught you to. <laughs> and when you just flip that around and just say, yeah, well, these are things we're all dealing with. Like half of the world population has one. Uh, and, and if we just, you know, talk about it like we talk about hands or ears or a stomach ache like why why can't we and then it just becomes a whole different conversation and like let's you know get rid of the shame and just embrace that body part as if it was just any other body part mm, absolutely yes and yet like you said there's definitely so much shame 
And I think what's really great about your page is that it normalizes that other people are embarrassed about certain things with their vulvas. Like, like people talk about, they might be embarrassed about the smell or the hair or in particular, I've seen a lot is like whether their vulva is, um, Oh, what's it, what's it called? Quote unquote, like the porn star vulva or anything like that. If yeah. you can, if you can just teach people that have vulvas, one thing like from all your work, since you've seen so many vulvas and you've seen like how different they look and heard so many stories about them. What is one thing that you really want to teach people with vulvas, like that they should not feel any shame about or not think about anymore? Oh, that's a hard question. Oh, Sorry, um... I'm giving you the hard question. <laughs> You're giving me a really hard question. <laughs> What's one thing I should... Or yeah. maybe numerous things, maybe numerous things. Maybe one might be a bit hard. <laughs> There's just so many cool things about vulvas. Mm. I mean, I would just, I can say like, don't be ashamed but, or don't do this or, or, or be happy, but that's just like empty advices because I, I, I don't, who am I to tell you not to or to, to, to do certain things. I think for me, acceptance about body parts starts with knowledge about them and just the cool facts, for example, your vagina, like the internal part that leads up to the uterus for most of us. Uh, the vagina is like a self-cleaning oven. So it cleans itself. It has like this very like intricate like system, the vaginal flora. And it, it just, you don't need to put soap inside. Um, you should not actually put soap inside because you will just disturb that flora. And it's just great that, you know, there's just this self-cleaning vagina that just does its job and is just awesome at just taking care of itself. And pubic hair has great benefits like um, protecting your vulva and vagina from like bacteria and dust and like stuff outside and, and, and regulating the temperature. And so there's just, I don't know, I don't know where to start. There's just a lot of uh, wonders of the vulva that just make it such an awesome body part go vulvas that's all we can say with it <laughs> that's, go vulvas, definitely. <laughs> that's a great way to finish the podcast episode just be like yes go vulva go vulva. <laughs> go, go vulvas There's, they can come in all sorts of different shapes sizes colors smells and that's what i mean that's what's amazing about them yeah and yeah definitely if you're insecure about your vulva um i think the one thing that is just good to know there is just no vulva like yours and you know have a look through the gallery and and see that there are so many shapes and sizes and colors and haircuts and like lots of vulvas have like uh curly hair but others have like uh straight hairs or like really coarse and thick hairs and some have like labia that are invisible like hidden but like more than half of all vulvas have inner labia that peek out and that are like longer than the outer labia and Oh, the variations are just endless and there's no vulva like yours. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Nasty Woman Club. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please give it a five-star review. Every review helps more people discover this podcast. So I really do appreciate the extra support by giving a review. Anyway, for more information on the amazing Hilda Atalanta, make sure you head on over to their Instagram page, The Vulva Gallery, and also to their other Instagram pages as well. Their Instagram handles will be in today's show notes. 
For more stories on the world of intersectional feminism, make sure you head on over to the Nasty Woman Club website and Instagram page. Anyway, I will be back in your ears next week on a regular schedule every Friday. And yeah, I cannot wait for you to all listen in on my upcoming interviews with some inspiring people with inspiring stories. I'm your host, Demi Lynch, and I will see you all next week for another episode of The Nasty Woman Club. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.